Welcome to episode 7 of Teacher Talk with Zach Clancy. I'm Zach Clancy. Each week, we'll be exploring a topic in education that I feel will be helpful for teachers and interesting to everyone else. This week's episode is going to be a sequel of sorts. As I mentioned last week or the week before, the episode that I did about Howard Gardner and multiple intelligences was by far the most popular episode of Teacher Talk so far. And as regular listeners will probably recall, in that episode, I said that I might revisit Project Zero, a project at Harvard that Gardner has been involved with for over 40 years, in a future episode. So that's what I'm doing this week. Anyway, I assumed that Gardner was part of Project Zero from the beginning, but that is not correct. Uh, Project Zero was actually founded by Nelson Goodman at the Harvard Graduate School of Education in 1967, so uh, a few years, about five years before Howard Gardner got involved with the project. And the project's intent was to, quote, study and improve education in the arts. Goodman believed that arts learning should be studied as serious cognitive activity, but that zero, in other words, nothing, had yet been firmly established about the field. Hence, the project was given its name, unquote. So Project Zero was actually conceived of as an educational endeavor, I didn't realize that. I sort of assumed that Project Zero was more related to psychology and multiple intelligences. But it has a lot to do with education as well, which is why I think it's a perfect topic for this week's episode. Uh, but before we delve into the details, it's time for Collaboration Corner. And this week's shout-out goes to EasyBibs Tuesday Hashtag Chat at 12 p.m. and 7 p.m. Eastern tomorrow. April 28th, 2015, it's an education chat on Twitter, and they're using the hashtag EdChat. That's E-D-C-H-A-T. And they're on Twitter at EasyBib. That's the word easy and the letters B-I-B. And as always, I'll link to them in the show notes. First, I'm going to tell you a little bit more about Nelson Goodman, and then I'll tell you about Project Zero's backstory, and then we'll discuss some more of the past and present research conducted by people at Project Zero that I think could be helpful to K-12 educators. So, according to the Stanford Encyclopedia of Philosophy, Henry Nelson Goodman was born on August 7th, 1906 in Somerville, Massachusetts. In the early 1920s, he enrolled at Harvard University and he graduated from Harvard in 1928. It took him, however, 12 more years until he finished his PhD in 1941. There are several possible reasons for the lateness of his PhD. Maybe the most important was that Goodman was Jewish, and therefore not eligible for a graduate fellowship at Harvard. He had to work outside the university to finance his studies. From 1928 until 1940, Goodman worked as the director of the Walker Goodman Art Gallery at Copley Square in Boston. This interest and activity in the art world is more frequently cited as a reason for the lateness of his PhD. After military service, Goodman taught briefly as instructor of philosophy at Tufts College 
and was then hired as associate professor from 1946 to 1951, and later as full professor from 1951 to 1964 at the University of Pennsylvania. He served briefly as Harry Austrian Wilson Professor of Philosophy at Brandeis University from 1964 to 1967, before finally returning to Harvard in 1968, where he taught philosophy until 1977. At Harvard, he founded Project Zero, unquote. So as you can see, Goodman had a background in philosophy, but he also had a significant interest in art. And importantly, that interest in art would influence his work at Project Zero, uh, which is interesting. You know, it sort of parallels Suni Sabado Makaguchi and Kurt Hahn. You know, they had events in their early childhood that would significantly shape their contributions to education. Um, and, you know, if you're interested in learning more about that, uh, the Kurt Hahn is episode one. And the Makaguchi episode is number six. But anyway, according to the Project Zero website, quote, In 1967, Nelson Goodman put together an interdisciplinary team of scholars and educators at the Harvard Graduate School of Education to explore how children and adults learn in and through the arts. Goodman believed there was a lack of demonstrable knowledge about the topic, and thus the research organization Project Zero was born. It was a generative, if provocative, starting place. In the intervening decades, they have continued to investigate learning and the arts, and their work has expanded to include investigations into the nature of intelligence, understanding, thinking, creativity, and other essential aspects of human learning. Over the years, they have conducted dozens of major research initiatives, published numerous books and countless articles and reports, collaborated with hundreds of schools, museums, and other partners, and worked with thousands of educators around the world, unquote. So one of Project Zero's past research projects that really interests me was a project called Project Spectrum, which ran from 1984 to 1993. And according to the Project Zero website, Project Spectrum, quote, offers an alternative approach to assessment and curriculum development for the preschool and early primary years, unquote. It goes on to say that, quote, work is based on the belief that each child exhibits a distinctive profile of different abilities or spectrum of intelligences. These intelligences are not fixed. Rather, they can be enhanced by educational opportunities, such as an environment rich in stimulating materials and activities. The spectrum approach emphasizes identifying children's areas of strength and using this information as the basis for an individualized education program, unquote. So the project had two different parts with distinctive goals. In the first phase of the project, which went from 1984 to 1988, the goal of the project was to, quote, determine whether distinctive intellectual strengths could be identified and assessed in children as young as four years old. Spectrum researchers designed assessment activities in seven different domains of knowledge, language, math, music, art, social understanding, science, and movement. These assessments are embedded in meaningful hands-on activities, such as playing a bus game, telling a story with a storyboard, taking part in assembling meat grinders, unquote. So that was the first phase. It was sort of about developing the concepts. 
The second phase of the project, which went from 1988 to 1993, involved actual implementation. And so at this time, Spectrum researchers, quote, worked in public schools in Somerville and Roxbury, Massachusetts, to address the needs of children who were slightly older, kindergarten through 12th grade, including those at risk for school failure. During this time, work included developing a modified field inventory using a subset of the original assessment activities, in addition to designing learning center activities that help children develop key abilities in the eight domains that I mentioned earlier, as well as adapting the Spectrum framework for a children's museum and creating a mentorship program based on the Spectrum approach in an inner city elementary school, unquote. So those are the two parts of the research. And according to the Project Zero website, quote, the Spectrum approach can be used in a variety of ways as an alternative assessment technique, as a set of engaging curriculum activities, or as a powerful component for intervention programs. In a broad sense, Spectrum provides a theoretical framework that can help to bring about important changes in the understanding of children's growth, appreciation of children's strength, and the creation of an optimal educational atmosphere for children learning, unquote. So I think that's kind of interesting. As you can see, this is something that has been tried with earlier elementary schoolers, and it's been used for intervention programs. Um, I'll link to their information in the show notes, and if you're interested in getting more information and or teaching materials related to the project, you can definitely check it out. And I'd recommend it because I can definitely see this being helpful in elementary special ed settings or perhaps in um, inner city areas, um, you know, just to name places that I've worked at where I think this type of thing could have been helpful. So anyway, another research project that interests me is called the APPLE Project which stands for Assessing Projects and Portfolios for Learning. And according to Project Zero, the Apple Project was a, quote, research and development effort focusing on studying effective ways of assessing student performances, fair documentation and assessment of children's work on series projects, and determining how best to implement portfolio assessment in schools, unquote. And so I think this is really interesting. It's pretty cool. Um, there's a lot of research that shows that there's more student buy-in and students retain knowledge better when they're assessed with project-based portfolios as opposed to being assessed with standardized tests. Uh, and this is important because many, if not most states in the U.S. are now evaluating or considering evaluating teachers based on student academic growth. And in lots of states, including Colorado, where I'm based, part of that assessment has to do with PARC or Common Core test scores. But in Colorado and some other states as well, there's multiple components to what a school has to look at when they're determining if a teacher has demonstrated academic growth among their students or not. Um, and Colorado is one of those states where there has to be multiple measures. And one of the approved measures is a student portfolio that shows examples of student work over the course of a semester or a school year. And ideally, you know, if students are growing, academically speaking, there's going to be an improvement in the quality of work in that portfolio, you know. And the argument is that it gives a more in-depth picture of what the student has learned 
as opposed to a standardized test, you know, which basically just provides a snapshot of where a student was, academically speaking, at the time they took the test. You know, it doesn't show any change over time, um, and that's what portfolios can do. Um, so this is definitely something that could be helpful to K-12 teachers and maybe other teachers around the country as well, depending on, you know, the requirements of your state. Um, so I'll also link to that in the show notes. Anyway, those are just two of Project Zero's many past research projects that I think could be helpful for K-12 teachers. Um, if you're interested in reading about more about these projects or about some of Project Zero's past other projects, you can find that information also in the show notes. But now we're going to move over and talk about Project Zero's current research projects that I think could be helpful for K-12 teachers. So the first one I want to talk about is called Agency by Design. It's looking at making centered learning, which is a concept that might not be super familiar to people who aren't teachers. It might not even be super familiar to teachers, but I think it's something we can all wrap our heads around. So according to the website, quote, educational initiatives that emphasize making, design, engineering, and tinkering are gaining traction in schools and organizations across the country. While making centered learning is not a new concept, Recent and emerging trends suggest a new kind of hands-on pedagogy, a pedagogy that encourages community and a collaboration, a do-it-together mentality, distributed teaching, boundary crossing, and responsive and flexible pedagogy, unquote. Um, and so just as a side note, pedagogy is one of those terms that listeners who teach will probably understand, but I know that people who aren't teachers sometimes don't know what this word means. So just so we're all on the same page, pedagogy just means a method or practice of teaching. So everyone who teaches has their own pedagogy. Um, you know, it could be something that they were taught or something that they developed on their own or, you know, some combination of those two, usually. Um, anyway, the website goes on to say that Agency by Design is a multi-year research initiative investigating the promises, practices, and pedagogies of maker-centered learning experiences. Their work is guided by three questions. How do maker educators in the field think about the benefits and outcomes of maker learning experiences? What are the, some of the key characteristics of environments in which maker-centered learning thrives? And what kinds of educational initiatives can be developed that support thoughtful reflection around maker-centered learning and the made dimensions of our world, unquote. It concludes by stating, quote, through investigations across these three strands of research, Agency by Design hopes to contribute to a growing understanding of the educational side of the maker and the kinds of values, skills, and capacities believed to be nurtured by maker-centered learning, unquote. So I see this as something that can be useful for K-12 teachers. In Colorado and in other states across the country, state legislatures are requiring that schools start to expand the skills that they teach to students. And a lot of times they're called 21st century skills or life and career skills. And they include things like critical thinking, collaborating, problem solving, creativity. And I feel like the research that Agency by Design is conducting could be beneficial for K-12 educators who want to teach these 21st century skills to their students. 
And I'll talk more about that in a second once I talk about the next research project because they're both similar. Uh, anyway, the last research project that I want to talk about today is called Learning to Think, Thinking to Learn. And I feel like this research that comes out of this project could also be used to help K-12 educators who want to teach 21st century skills skills to their students. Uh, because as the website explains, quote, this project is part of the Worldwide Cultures of Thinking project and aims to develop the ability of students at Mandela International Magnet School in Santa Fe, New Mexico, as thinkers and learners. To accomplish this, the project draws on the extensive research of Project Zero related to thinking, learning, and teaching for understanding. This includes the work of Ron Richtart on promoting thinking through the use of thinking routines and by helping teachers to establish a classroom culture that supports thinking, unquote. So again, you know, we see research that looks into critical thinking, you know, those things that are definitely identified as 21st century skills. So it probably goes without saying at this point, but I'll link to Agencies by Design and Learning to Think, Thinking to Learn in the show notes so that if you're interested, you can learn more about the projects highlighted in this week's episode. So anyway, that's about all the time we have for now. I look forward to hearing your feedback about this episode. Which project did you think was the most interesting? Is there a specific project you think you could use to help your teaching? Do you have any suggestions for future episodes? Send your answers my way, along with any other questions or comments you might have, to teachertalkwzc at gmail.com. I'm on Twitter at teachertalkwzc and Facebook at Teacher Talk with Zach Clancy. That's all for this week's episode. I'm Zach Clancy. I'll see you next week. Thanks for listening.